All right. I mean, how could you not sign up after that video? My goodness. I've watched it 27 times. It's amazing. Okay, let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank You for tonight already. It's been amazing with Erin sharing her testimony of what You've done in and through her life. And it's just, it, You're an amazing God. This is what You do. You change and transform people's lives. And um, we, we thank You for that. Thank You for the honour and privilege we have even to, to come directly to You and just talk to You, God. And um, tonight we just wanna pray that You'd speak to our hearts. So I, I do believe, God, from the bottom of my heart that Your Word is powerful and, uh, and it speaks. And so, um, Lord, we just pray that You'd speak to us uh, tonight. You'd speak to our hearts and uh, move us into action, great God, we pray. So we thank You and uh, we pray these things in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. I am, uh, thanks so much, Ben. Uh, I am a dad now, or I've been a dad for a little while, maybe five and a half years. My eldest daughter's five and a half. Yeah, sorry, I forgot that. But uh, uh, yeah, um, so she's getting a bit, actually, she's graduating high school. No, no, not that long. Um, but uh, so I've been a dad. We've got three kids now. I forgot that too. Not just one, but three. And, um, but it's a fascinating thing because I've learned over the years that, um, you know, when, you know, when, when kids don't do the right thing, actually, I've got to be careful to say because they're probably watching online. Um, so, but when they don't do the right thing, it's not good idea, kids. You should definitely do the right thing. Um, but when they do do the right thing, when there's obedience there, it is an incredible thing as a parent. Uh, even the smallest act of obedience, you just think, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's remarkable. If you've had kids or got kids, uh, you'll know just when kids actually act in obedience, it's like, oh, this is amazing. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I'm learning that and I'm experiencing that as I'm sort of navigating through this, this, uh, this parenting season of life. And uh, I remember, or not just that, but I, I notice as well uh, as, I, as I journey with, you know, parenting kids and being a father, that I see so much parallel between that and my own relationship with God as He is, you know, my heavenly Father, I suppose, that, that these these examples of life and how it correlates is just quite amazing. And, and I'm convinced that in, this, in a similar way, when you're a parent, you long for your, kid, your children to obey you. In a similar way, this is God's heart for us. Uh, that God's desire and His heart for His children is to obey Him, to walk in obedience, that He gives commands and, and ways to live for a reason. Not because He wants us to be held back or not because He's like, oh, I just want to um, ruin your life but because he, he loves you, because He's got a plan for you. Like He's actually got, I'm convinced, He's got a great plan for our lives. And so He gives us these commands and He speaks to people and says, I want you to live in this way. I want you to act this out. I want you to do this thing because He loves you so much. And as a great father, He's got an extraordinary plan for you. And He wants you to have a life that is full, like a full life. You know, so often, particularly amongst young people, so often I just sense there's this, there's this, holding back of wanting to obey God or holding back of wanting to surrender to God because there's this sense of like, well, I don't wanna do that because then uh, you know, I'll miss out on things, I'll miss out on life. But this is the very thing that God has life in store for you, fullness of life. And, and, in, in, and the only way to truly experience that in all its fullness is to obey Him, is to surrender to Him and say, okay, God, let, I want Your will to be my will uh, for my life. That's what I want. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. I remember uh, quite a few years ago now, I don't even know why, I can't really remember, but 
a friend of mine, he was over and uh, this is at my parents' house. He was over and we decided to, I don't even know, do some sort of uh, like uh, eat, like, uh, what, gee, I don't know. Um, like picnic thing or something in my bedroom. I, I don't know. It was a few years ago. I would have been at least 22. So pretty young, you know. No, I'm joking. That's a joke. My goodness. Uh, so I was, very, I was really quite young. But all I can remember, I don't know what we're doing, but we started to have lunch in my bedroom or something upstairs, my parents' uh, room. And I decided to go downstairs. I thought, oh no, I'll grab the toaster and I'll bring the toaster up to my bedroom. We'll cook toast in my bedroom and all this sort of stuff. I don't even think I told my parents. So yeah, that's why you couldn't find the toaster, mum and dad. But, um, but I grabbed the toaster from downstairs and I brought it upstairs. And then like, you know, little time goes on and I hear my older sister and my older brother and my parents downstairs and they must have been around lunchtime, obviously, and they were gonna get ready to have some lunch themselves. And I hear them kind of, you know, opening the fridge and opening the cupboard and organising some food for themselves. And then I hear somebody go, where's the toaster? Where's the toaster? And I'm upstairs and we've just been cooking toast in my bedroom. I don't know why. But, um, and I, I, I thought, oh no, like, what am I going to do? This is awkward, you know, on so many different levels. Like, and uh, I thought, I've got to get this toaster back downstairs. And I don't want them to know that I was cooking toast in my bedroom. It's super awkward. And, uh, and so I thought, and so I was in this state, this turmoil state of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I started coming up with all these scenarios in my head, like how angry are my mum and dad going to be? What are they going to think? And all this sort of stuff. Like, it's just all this stuff. And I really got to a point where I was like, almost out of an act of obedience, I've just got to grab the toaster, walk downstairs, just face the music, so to speak, and just go, here's the toaster. You know, I had it upstairs. And, uh, and so I just thought, I just, got to, I just got to do it. So I grabbed the toaster and I'm just like, I'm not even going to try and sneak it down there. I'm just going to walk straight in there with the toaster, you know, be bold and brave, yeah. And, uh, and so I grabbed the toaster and I walked downstairs. And it's a crazy thing because as I walked downstairs, I just walked straight through everyone. They were already busy. I just put the toaster straight in the pantry and no one even noticed. And I just walked off. And then, uh, and then um, someone eventually said, oh, oh my goodness, the toaster's here. I swear I looked there and, uh, and I just thought that's incredible. And I just walked off, no one knew. Even to this day, although mum now you know. But, um, but sometimes in life we find ourselves in a situation where there is such turmoil in our hearts and we think, I don't know what to do. Do I do this? Do I not do this? And we've got to get to a point where we just either act in obedience or not. And sometimes we can be fearful of the outcome, not knowing what's gonna happen. And so we think, oh, uh, you know, how's this gonna go down? What's gonna happen in this situation? But you know, sometimes we just, gotta, we just gotta do it. And we don't always know the outcome. Like in that situation, I thought I was gonna be in so much trouble, but I just got away with it. It was great. Uh, but, but we don't always know the outcome. We don't know how it's gonna pan out. But here's the thing. You know, God, God, God loves you so much. He values your life. He wants you to experience life to the full and His desire and His heart for you is just to walk in obedience, just to hear His voice, to know what His Word says and to go, okay, God, I'll do what You want me to do. I'll just act in obedience. And there'll be times where you'll think, oh, I don't know how this is gonna pan out. There'll be times where you'll be hesitant. There'll be times where you won't want to act in obedience because you're just not sure how it's gonna work out. But God loves you. God, God has a great plan for you. You can trust Him. That's the key. You can trust Him with your life. Now we've been doing this series in Jeremiah and in a similar position, I found myself in that state of turmoil, not knowing what to do. In a similar situation here's the people of Judah find themselves in a very similar uh, scenario. They are faced, to give you some context, we're gonna read from uh, Jeremiah chapter 42, but to give you some context here as we're about to go in this, 
The people of Judah have kind of uh, astray. Uh, King uh, Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon, he's come over, he's conquered the city. And uh, basically he is ruling over these people, the people of Judah, he's ruling over them. And he appoints a governor to rule over these people. He's ultimately in charge. He puts this governor in place in the city there. And this governor is ruling over the people of Judah. Well, obviously the people of Judah don't like this. They don't wanna borrow this. And so they end up killing the governor that King Nebuchadnezzar has put in place. Probably not the wisest decision, but that's what they do. And in hindsight, they look back and go, oh no, what have we done? Like bad move, bad idea. They now know that King Nebuchadnezzar is probably gonna come after them. They've, king, they've killed the governor, right? That's meant to be looking after them, overseeing them. And so chances are he's gonna come for them. King Nebuchadnezzar is going to come for them. And they think, what are we gonna do? And they have these thoughts themselves. I know what we'll do. We'll just escape, we'll run. We'll flee from the whole situation. We'll run off to Egypt and get out of it. And then maybe we'll survive. Maybe we'll get through this. King Nebuchadnezzar won't come after us in Egypt. But what they decide to do is they, they think to themselves, I know what we'll do. Is first, before we do that though, we'll inquire, we'll talk to Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet. He would speak to the nation and he would speak on behalf of God and tell them what God has said. And so they said, okay, here's what we'll do. Now they didn't particularly like Jeremiah, but they said, we'll inquire of Jeremiah, tell him to ask what God says, and then we'll, we'll act on that. We'll follow that. And this is where we pick up in the story in chapter 42, it states this. It says, then all the army officers, including Johanan, son of Kareer, and Jezaniah, son of Hashiah, and all the people from the least to the greatest approached Jeremiah the prophet and said to him, please hear our petition and pray to the Lord your God for this entire remnant. For as you now see, though we were once many, now only a few are left. Pray that the Lord your God will tell us where we should go and what we should do. So you understand the predicament they're in, right? They're in a really bad state. They're not sure what to do. And so as we hear in the chapter here, they go to Jeremiah and they say, we want you to tell us what God says to do. And when you tell us what to do, then we'll follow it. We'll obey it. Now, it's an interesting thing. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation like that before. I mean, they're in deep turmoil. I don't know what to, I mean, they're really gonna flee for their lives. And I wonder if there's ever been a moment in your own life where you found yourself in just a situation where you're in turmoil yourself. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to go about it. There's some circumstances and situations that you face and you just don't know which way to go. Maybe you did a business venture once and, and, or you're still in the midst of it, even this very moment. And it hadn't panned out as well as you thought. And maybe there are already some things in your heart thinking this is not a good idea, but maybe it is. And so you pursued it anyway and it just didn't pan out real well. And now you're thinking, I don't know which way to turn. What am I gonna do here? Which way should I go? Maybe it's a relationship of some sort and, and maybe from the beginning you thought, I'm not too sure and you've questioned it or, and, and you're not too sure to do this. Should, should I give this up? Is this right for my life? Is this the right person? Yeah, and, and you don't know. You don't know which to go. Maybe it was an investment of some sort. You invested money somewhere. And again, just in your heart, you just felt like, I don't know if this is the right thing, but you did it anyway. And, and, uh, and, and it didn't go well at all. And sometimes we're in these moments where we're just, we're not sure, what do I do? And so just as they did, they inquire of Jeremiah, what, what does God say to do? And, and as we later discover, He gives them an answer. He tells them which way they should go. But maybe tonight, just maybe tonight, you come with a situation, you know what it is. Maybe you felt that God's laid something on your heart and you haven't been willing to do it yet, but you know you should. And, and God's saying, hey, surrender this to me. Obey me in this. Like I have life for you. You can trust me. You can trust me. 
But there's something in you that says, oh, I don't wanna let go. I don't wanna, yeah, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna surrender. Maybe it's a stubbornness, a pride, a wall that's been held up in your heart and in your life and you will not let go. Maybe some of you could get up and testify the many times you didn't do it and you go, oh man, in hindsight, I wish I did that. There's a quote by B.J. Miller and he says this, it's a great deal easier to do that which God gives us to do, no matter how hard it is, than to face the responsibilities of not doing it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, I, 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 it, it's, I, mean, I understand it, I get it. You know, sometimes it, in, in hindsight, in reflection, you go, oh, wow, uh, man, it would have been far easier just to do it. Sometimes when you're facing it, you don't necessarily feel like that because it's big and it's challenging. You think, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can surrender this. I can give this up. I know even uh, in times of my life, I thought, oh, I had some, uh, some money that I thought I'd invest. And I literally felt in my heart like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. But I thought, because this is what we do. I say, oh, no, God, I, I know what's best. Like, I know, I know how to control my life. And so I did it anyway and I lost all the money. And I think, my goodness, I would have been better off. It would have been a far better investment just giving the money away than just losing it. You know what I mean? And situations like this in life sometimes happen. And I wonder if you've experienced that. I wonder if you've felt that. I wonder if you're in the midst of that in your own life. I remember one time actually on a job site that uh, this guy came and he was like measuring up something on the job site and I got chatting to him for a little bit and as we chatted a little bit, you know, I spoke about how I go to church and stuff like this and he was like, oh, ask me, oh, which church and all that. And uh, he chatted to me for a little bit. He was a little bit intrigued. And, and then he had to go upstairs this section and there was a ladder that he had to climb up. And he was just like, oh, there's no way I'll be able to climb this ladder. And I said, oh, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, my back is so stuffed. Like I literally can't uh, climb a ladder. Now this may seem weird, but I literally felt like God laid on my heart, pray, like pray for him right now. Here on the job site, pray for his back. And, uh, and I remember thinking, you know, all the, the tension that I feel, I remember thinking, oh God, what is he gonna think of me? Like, it's kind of weird. It's kind of out there, it's crazy. You know, if someone walks by on the job site, like, what? you know, it just looks weird, you know? And I remember I was battling with this, but I really felt in my heart, God said to pray for him. And, and you know what? I didn't do it. And I look back now and I honestly think God would have just, I really believe God would have done a, you know, a miracle there. Something quite miraculous in that situation. But I don't know. I literally don't know. Still to this day, I think he would have, but I, I don't know. And it's really unfortunate. I wish I could stand here and say, oh, this crazy story took place, but I can't because I didn't obey it. And fullness of life is found in obedience to God. When He calls you to do something, asks you to step out, you've got to do what He says to you tonight. Just do it, step out. And you know, I've heard it said before that even slow obedience is disobedience. I've found that true as well. You know, when, when you have little kids and you ask them to do something and it takes 10 minutes for something that should take one second, you just think, oh my goodness. You know, when God asks us to do something and we take months, even years, I don't know if He's necessarily like, I'm so proud of you when you eventually do it. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like, I know I told you that's five years ago. And, and, and God's so gracious. You know, He's not upset or angry at us. But this is what He calls us to, to act when He says, I want you to do something. To not delay but to, to walk in obedience to Him. And so here this situation is, the people of Judah, as they're trying to discover what do we do here? We're, we're thinking of racing off to Egypt and kind of getting out of this situation that we're in. But Jeremiah, could you pray for us? Could you inquire of God what He wants us to do? And Jeremiah in verse four, it goes on to say this. He says, I've heard you, replied Jeremiah the prophet. I will certainly pray to the Lord your God as you have requested. I will tell you everything the Lord says and I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be 
uh, be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act in accordance with everything the Lord your God sends you to tell us. Whether it is favourable or unfavourable, we will obey the Lord our God to whom we are sending you so that it will go well with us. For we will obey the Lord our God. So it's a, it's a crazy thing because here they ask Jeremiah to inquire and Jeremiah says, I'll inquire for you. I'll tell you what God says. And they are adamant. They say to Jeremiah, whatever the outcome is, we're gonna obey Him. We know He knows what's best for our lives. So we absolutely guarantee that we will obey Him. I have found that just good intentions alone aren't that helpful. That even sometimes when we have good intentions and we think, no, I'll definitely do that. It's not that helpful. Intentions alone don't work. That it needs to come to a point in our lives where we actually act on it. It's more than just saying, okay, I'll definitely do this. I'm sure I'll do this. I probably will do this. It's gotta be more than that. There has to come a moment where we actually act on it. But here, the people of Judah decide, no, 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 we'll definitely do this. I promise we will definitely do it. In a uh, book by Charles Swindle uh, called Living Above the Level of Mediocrity, this, this concept of this idea of good intentions, he writes in this segment, he talks about, imagine if you will that you work for a company whose president found it necessary to travel out of the country and spend an extended period of time abroad. So he says to you and the other trusted employees, look, I'm gonna leave. And while I'm gone, I want you to pay close attention to the business. You manage things while I'm away. I will write uh, to you regularly. And when I do, I will instruct you in what you should do from now until I return from this trip. Everyone agrees. He leaves and he stays gone for a couple of years. And during that time, he writes often, communicating his desires and concerns. And finally, he returns. He walks up to the front door of the company and immediately discovers everything is a mess. Weeds flourishing in the flower beds, windows broken across the front of the building. The girl at the front desk is asleep, loud music roaring from several offices, two or three people engaged in games in the back room. Instead of making a profit, the business has suffered a great loss. Without hesitation, he calls everyone together and with a frown, he asks, what happened? Like, what happened? Didn't you get my letters? You say, oh yeah, sure. We, we definitely got your letters. We've even bound them in a book. And some of us have even memorised your letters. In fact, we have letter study every Sunday where we study your letters. You know, those letters you wrote, they're really great letters. You know, it's not just, uh, it, it, God doesn't want us to just study His Word. He doesn't want us to just study and know the letters written in the Bible, put it together and study these things. It's more than that. He says, I don't want you to just know information. I want you to act on it. That the commands that I've written for you to live by are for you to experience life and life to the full. They're not to ruin your life, not to bring your life down, not there in a way so that you can have less of a life than you think you could have if you go on your own. No, if you follow me, you'll have life and life to the full. Don't just study it and do nothing, obey it. Walk in obedience to me. Now, I get it, this isn't easy, I, I get it. There's sometimes things that God calls us to that's tough, that's hard. I know I've faced it myself in situations where God calls me to things and I think there's literally God, there's no way I can do that. There's no way. 
But I found what happened in life is sometimes it's easy to just break it down a little bit and say, okay, if I just take this first little step, so often I think I don't have the courage. There's no way I could possibly do that. And it seems big and large, but I just think maybe if I just take the first step, God, if you just help me with the first step. And I found that often when you take the first step, He empowers you for the rest. And all of a sudden you find yourself doing the very thing you thought, there's no way I could possibly do it. Take the first step. Walk in obedience. Start that moment of obedience to God. There's a quote by Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, Jim Elliot, her husband, was, uh, they were both great missionaries and they went into a uh, people group uh, that had never heard the gospel before. And uh, Jim Elliot actually passed away quite young. I think he was only 24 years old from memory. Uh, but Elizabeth Elliot um, has this quote and she says this, it is Christ who is to be exalted, not our feelings. We will know Him by our obedience. I think that's an interesting point. We'll know Him by our obedience, not by emotions. Our love will be shown by obedience, not by how good we feel about God at, any, uh, at, a, at a given moment. And love means following the commands of God. Do you love me? Jesus asked Peter. Feed my lambs. He was not asking, how do you feel about me? For love is not a feeling. He was asking for action, she says. He was asking for action, obedience. When God prompts you, when God leads you, even some of the smallest things, send a text, make a phone call, go to that person, catch up with them, whatever it might be. Obedience is so key and do not delay. I read this little article in um, a, a Daily Bread. And it states this, he says, I've read that when Edward VI, the King of England in the 16th century attended a worship service, he stood while the Word of God was read. He took notes during this time and later studied them with great care. Through the week, he earnestly tried to apply them to his life. And that's the kind of serious-minded response to truth that God calls for in his uh, for, that God calls for in today's scripture reading. A single revealed fact cherished in the heart and acted upon is more vital to our growth than a head filled with lofty ideas about God. It goes on to say this, one step forward in obedience is worth years of study about it. One step forward in obedience is worth years of study about it. It's a challenge. It's not enough just to know all the commands of God. It's not enough to know all about what He wants us to do, but not actually do it. And like I said, I know this isn't easy. I know there's times where God calls you to some really tough things, but He does it because He loves you. He does it because He wants the best for your life. And so the question tonight is this, what is it for you? You know what it is deep within your heart. There's something that has been laid on your heart tonight. It's not me, it's God laying that, prompting you. It's putting it on your heart saying, remember this thing I asked you to do. Remember what I want you to do there. What is that thing? Don't delay tonight if you need to leave in the last song or honestly, leave now if you want. I don't mind. But, uh, but, uh, but if He's prompting you to do something, don't delay. Say, okay, God, I'll make the phone call. I'll do, I'll do whatever you need to do. I'll surrender. I'll join that ministry. I'll serve in that area. I'll help out there. Whatever it needs to be. Why? Because He wants fullness of life for you. It's, it's crazy because... Here, Jeremiah, he comes to them and he gives them an answer to the people of Judah. They wanna know, well, what's God's will here? You know, what, what does he want us to do? I guarantee you, we'll act in obedience if you just tell us what God wants us to do. And so Jeremiah says this, it's in verse seven, it continues, 10 days later, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. 
He'd been praying about it, he'd been seeking God about it and it came to him. So he called together Johanan, son of Kareer and all the army officers who were with him and all the people from the least to the greatest. He said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel to whom you sent me to present your petition says. If you stay in this land, remember they wanted to shoot off to, uh, to Egypt, but he says this, he says, if you stay in this land, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you for I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid, he says, do not be afraid of the King of Babylon whom you now, now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and deliver you from his hands. I will show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. This is remarkable. Jeremiah gets this answer. They were gonna race off to Egypt terrified for their lives. And he says, no, don't do it. Stay there and God will look after you. Listen to this. However, if you say we will not stay in the land and so disobey the Lord your God. And if you say, no, we will go and live in Egypt where we will not see war or hear the trumpeter be hungry for bread. Then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, if you are determined to go to Egypt and you do go to settle there, then the sword you fear will overtake you there. And the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt and there you will die. Skipping over a couple of verses, it says, remnant of Judah, the Lord has told you, do not go to Egypt. I mean, it could not be any clearer. Don't go to Egypt, be sure of this. I warn you today that you made a fatal mistake when you sent me to the Lord your God and said, pray to the Lord our God for us. Tell us everything He says and we will do it. I've told you today. And then listen to the words of Jeremiah, but you still have not obeyed the Lord. Your God in all He sent me to tell you. So now be sure of this. This is crazy, be sure of this. You will die by the sword. Famine and plague in the place where you want to go and settle. This is the answer. Here, just prior to this, they say, no, no, whatever he says, we'll obey. Whatever he says, we'll follow wholeheartedly. And here they find themselves. It continues on in verse 43. It talks about how they, they go to Jeremiah and they say, how dare you, you're lying to us. You've been, uh, you know, all this stuff. They, they criticise him of lying. They say, there's no way we're gonna go to Egypt anyway. And we, you look at that, you read it and go, what were you thinking? It couldn't be any more clearer. And this is a fascinating thing because when I read the Bible every day, I go through the Old Testament, the New Testament, and I read, I read the Bible and I see moments where I think, you read it and think, what were they thinking? Why, why, why didn't they just follow God in this instance? But then I realise this is my life, like all the time. This is my life, time and time again, where God says, hey, do this, do this. And I think, nah, I know better, I know better. Which is crazy. Like the creator of the universe who spoke the world into being, who literally knows everything. I say to him at times, God, I know better. Like, I don't know how that's gonna work out, but I'm just sure my way will be a better way. And maybe if you're honest enough tonight, maybe you two would go, yeah, I've been there a few times myself. You see, God wants you to surrender your whole life to Him. One, I don't know, one or two, or maybe a few of you, you've held back. You said, I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna let go of my life. I wanna be in control. And God says, you are missing out. He's gracious and loving and He's got an extraordinary plan for you. But you just got to say, all right, God, all right, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done in my life. This is, you know, I love this, uh, I love this verse. I was reminded of it the other day, but I love this. And do you remember when Peter came, uh, he's in the boat and he comes up to the shore and Jesus is on the shore and he says to Peter, 
and I, I started to apply this to my life, you know, a couple of years ago. But uh, he, Peter comes, to, comes up to the shore and Jesus says to Peter, He says, hey, Peter, throw your net over the other side of the boat. Now they'd literally caught nothing all night and they're professional fishermen and they'd caught nothing. They know when the right time to fish is, they know where the fish are and, and they go fishing, they catch nothing. Like it's a dismal effort. And they come into the shore and Jesus says, throw your nets over the other side of the boat. And Peter does what probably I do and probably what many of us do. He says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, are you serious? We've literally been fishing all night. We haven't caught a single thing. It's the wrong time for fishing. Paraphrasing here, by the way. It's the wrong time for fishing. Like, it's just crazy. Like, there's there's no way we're gonna catch anything. And Jesus says, throw your nets over the other side of the boat. And Peter says this great line. It's a great line. And years ago, I, I decided in my heart, I wanna be a person that that speaks this line out every day. And Peter says this, but Jesus, because you said so, I will do it. Because you said so, I will do it. It seems absurd. There's been times God has prompted you and laid something on your heart and you said, this is crazy. It's absurd. There's no way I can pull it off. But what we need to do is we need to be a people that say, but because you said so, I will do it. There's been numerous occasions in my life where I felt prompted to do something and I'm like, nah, there's no way, God. And then I remembered, oh, because you said so, because you said so, I'll do it. And every day, every day I need to be reminded of that because you said so, I will do it. This is such a challenge. It's tough. You know, in 1 Samuel 15, it says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Because you know the other crazy thing? is that what we do sometimes is we think, and, and I've done it before, like I've, I know I've done it before. God's laid something on my heart to do something. I thought, oh man, there's no way I could do that. But I think to myself, oh, I know, I'll, I'll go and do something else for God though. Like, and he'll be really impressed. I could be really happy. Like, so I won't do the thing he wants me to do, but I'll go and do something else. And like, I'll serve someone, I'll do something. And like, God will be really stoked with me. And I don't know if I've shared this story before. I can't remember if it's another church or in the morning service or whatever. So I apologise if you've heard it. But, uh, but it's a great story. Like I said, I watched that video 27 times with Sam. I still love it. So I'm sure hopefully you'll love this story too. But um, uh, I remember one time, my, again, a friend who, I, actually, I think it was the same friend, actually, that took the toaster up in the bedroom. Uh, not a good influence on me, obviously. But um, um, so this friend's over, this same friend. And again, we're younger and my mum ducks out for a moment. She said, I'm literally ducking down the road and I'll be back. And we'd been in the kitchen, made a bit of a mess. And my mum said to me, she, she said, David, can you just clean? All I want you to do is just clean up the kitchen a bit, just tidy it up a little bit before I get back. And you know what? I didn't want to do it, honestly. I didn't want to clean up the kitchen. And so I thought to myself, I don't know why, but I thought to myself, so my mum ducks out, I thought, I'll just clean the windows instead. Like, that's a pretty nice thing to do, right? Like, and I I must have shown some leadership ability back then because I wrote my mate into cleaning the windows too. So obviously a bit of natural leadership there. And so I get out a bucket, I fill it up, I put all the, you know, whatever you need to put in it, window cleaning products uh, in there and I start cleaning the windows and I clean the windows and I'm so happy with the job I've done. Well, lo and behold, I can hear my mum come down the driveway and the electric door goes up and she drives into into the garage. Now, you know what I felt in that moment? This is dead true. I thought to myself, I cannot wait when she walks in the door. Like, I cannot wait. I was so excited in my heart. Why? Because I thought she is gonna be so proud. 
She's gonna be so proud of me. Well, anyway, here the car, the, the anticipation's amazing. I can't wait to show my mum the windows, you know, how clean they are. And she opens the door and she walks into the, into the, the, the garage is sort of attached to the kitchen there. She walks through the door into the, into the kitchen and I'm like, I'm so excited, so excited. She's gonna be overwhelmed with joy at the windows. And, uh, and so she walks into the kitchen. Just as a wild guess, how do you think she responded? Now, you don't have to put up your hand, but I'll just tell you. She was gut, she was furious, she was annoyed. She said, I asked you to do one thing, clean the kitchen. That's all I wanted you to do. And I couldn't believe it. What do you mean, mum, check out the windows. Like they're (laughs) stunning. She didn't care, I showed her the windows. She didn't care about the windows. All she wanted me to do was clean the kitchen and I didn't do it. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for you. God has called you to do things. He's not, and what we do is we go, oh, don't worry, God, I won't do that, but I'll clean the windows. You'll be super impressed. And then we die and go to heaven and we say, look at our windows, Lord. What do you think He's thinking? I don't know if He's gonna be that impressed. Now, God's gracious, right? God's gracious. So, I mean, I, I don't really know. But honestly, he, uh, he, he asks you to just do one thing. He, he wants you to act in obedience. And so, so, so often we think, oh, I won't do that thing, but I'll do this other thing. No, God wants you to do what He's called you to do to act in obedience and to respond to Him. There's a reason He asks you to do it. And if you wanna experience the fullness of life, then He says, follow me, obey me, walk in obedience to me. Surrender your heart, surrender, let go of your life. The greatest thing you could do is give your life to the one who loves you and values you, who knows the future, who knows everything. He's the creator of the universe. He loves you. The greatest thing you could do is surrender to Him. In this quote, it's so powerful. I read this quote. Honestly, I couldn't put it any better and it's really challenging actually, so I'll just read it out. But in this uh, this book called Meet the Master, there's a guy uh, who wrote the book actually, Peter Marshall. He was a former US Senate uh, chaplain actually. And he says this, he says, I wonder what would happen if we all agreed to read one of the gospels until we came to a place, this is so challenging, read one of the gospels until we came to a place that told us to do something. Then we went out and did it. And only after that had we, uh, had we done it, began reading again. There are aspects of the gospel that are puzzling and difficult to understand. But our problems are not centred around the things we don't understand, but rather in the things we do understand. He says the things we could not possibly misunderstand. Our problem, not so much, our problem is not so much that we don't know what we should do. He says, we know perfectly well, but we don't wanna do it. It's a challenge. Man, reading the Gospels and just coming to a point and say, okay, I'm gonna stop there, go and obey, and then I'll come back for the next command. See, God's heart for you and for me is to walk in obedience and it's because He loves us. It's because He wants the best for our lives. So what do you do? How do you go about it? Honestly, I'm absolutely convinced that those that are faithful in the small things will be given charge over greater things. It's starting in the small things. It's the little promptings. I mean, if you can't do that, there's no way you're gonna be able to do the bigger things. And God tests us. He lays things on our heart and He says, I want you to just do this little thing. And as we're obedient in the, as we're obedient in the small things, He'll give us charge over greater things. I want, to, I want you to experience fullness of life. I want you to know uh, the fruit and what God wants to do in and through your life. But this comes through acts of obedience, daily obedience. 
even in the smallest things, you know, even just the other day, I was at, you know, I was just at Bunnings with my, my kids and, and I'm in the aisle and, and just out of the blue, it's just a crazy thing, but out of the blue, uh, this person just came to my mind. And I don't even know why, or I do now, but I, I, just, I just felt prompted to text them and just encourage them saying, hey, I just wanna let you know that I'm praying for you. And, and, I, and I had been, and I was. And when I got that prompting, actually, I thought, I'm gonna pray for him now, just in my head. And I've got my kids with me. And, and then I felt, well, don't just pray for him now. Why don't you text him and encourage him? This, this prompting, I thought, oh. And the timing wasn't great. I mean, my kids are jumping all over me and they're shouting and dead set pulling fertilizer off the shelves and, you know, stuff going everywhere. And, and, and I just thought, oh, I'll t- I'll t- you know what I thought? I thought, I'll text him later. I'll text him later when the, uh, I've got, you know, more of an opportunity. And, uh, but I really felt strongly. I needed to text him then and there. I thought, okay, God, because you said so, I'll do it. So I just, okay, kids are hanging off my arms. It's hard to text. It took me three times as long, but I just felt in my heart, I got to, I got to text him. And I texted him and I can't actually even remember the exact text, but it was just encouragement. Hey, man, I'm praying for you. I want to encourage you. It was just something. And, and it was such an encouragement to me, to be honest. Because, and I asked him if I could share this and it was fine. But, but he just texted back and he said, you have no idea of your timing. Like your timing's insane. And I chatted to him a little bit, a bit about it. And he was just going through some stuff and he just needed encouragement. And he's like, your timing was insane, like insane. And it was actually really encouraging for me, not just for him, it was encouraging, oh, wow, God, you spoke to me in that moment. And you know what I thought? Oh my goodness, I'm so glad I obeyed that. I'm really glad I'm obeyed it. I, I obeyed that. Because wow, like God, that was, that was you speaking. And I want to experience more of that in my life. Like, don't you want to experience more of that? Like, that's just one little tiny, simple thing. But God's got way more than that. Like, that's, that's just simple everyday stuff. He's got way more in store for you. But you know how you experience those things is you act in obedience, as you act in obedience. So are you willing? What's the thing? There's some of you that know, because you're sitting there going, oh man, I can't believe it. Like, how does he know? How does he know my story? Like, how does he know this is me? It's not me, it's God. Laying this on your heart, you've got to do it. But are you willing? Are you willing to surrender and say, okay, God, I'll give this a shot. Just take the first step. Don't don't overthink it. Just go, I'm just gonna take that first step in obedience to you. And honestly, God's amazing. He empowers us to go the, go, the, go the rest of the way. It's a step in obedience. For some of you, it's actually letting go of your entire life. You've actually never surrendered to God before. You want to, or maybe you've heard about it, or maybe you've heard about it the very first time tonight. And God says, would you be willing to give me a go in your life? Would you be willing to let me take control, to have a relationship with me and follow me wholeheartedly and I will show you life and life to the full? Well, tonight I wanna give you that opportunity. But tonight, He calls us to obedience. Are we willing to act in obedience to Him? Father, we thank You for Your Word. It speaks into our lives. It's so powerful, so relevant. I do thank God, because I, I, I felt this earlier, that um, I just felt that even, it just could be one, but I just felt that, that there's someone maybe here tonight that's like been impacted in some way, spoken to in some way, and just, just needs to respond to you and, and surrender their whole life to you. Maybe they've never done it before and maybe they've felt like they've needed to, but they've held off and held back. They've thought, no, I don't wanna do that. But if that's you tonight, then God's calling you out. He says, come to me, surrender to me, hand it over, let go. If that's you tonight, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's, it's your trust and your faith in Him. And you just in your head and in your heart, you can repeat this prayer. Dear God, I want to surrender to You. Dear God, I want to walk in obedience to You. 
Thank You for dying for me. Thank You for rising again. I know You have fullness of life for me. Take control of my life. I let go right now. Take control of me now. I hand it over to You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Father, I thank You for those who responded in that way. But I wanna pray now as well, specifically for those that they know deep down they need to take an act of obedience tonight. You've been laying things on their heart, they've been prompted and maybe they've held off for whatever reason, they've held back. But I really do pray, Lord, even in this song that they might respond to You and say, okay, God, I let go. I let go, I surrender to You and maybe take that first step. And so I wanna pray for them specifically and ask great God that You would empower them and encourage them to take that a step of obedience to You. And I know that as they do that, they will experience the freedom and the liberation that comes when we do that, Father God. And so we thank You that we can trust You with our lives. We worship You now. We honour You, great God, and we pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. We're going to do that now. Feel free to jump up on your feet. We're going to worship our great God. And as we do that, I do just want to say this. You feel free. Really, this is between you and God, but you feel free in this song as we just sing these words, just to respond to Him. You'll know what it is if there's something that God's laid on your heart. And just in your own head and your heart, you feel free to respond to Him and say, okay, God, I let this thing go. You feel free to respond to Him and say, okay, God, I wanna do that. Uh, Help me, empower me, help me to act in obedience to You. You feel free just to respond to Him tonight as we sing. from heaven you came 
yeah, such a such an encouragement to us tonight. And uh, I want to read these. Uh, Nathan read these verses this morning, but I just want to encourage us with this. Uh, Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of the servant, being found in human form. He humbled himself. He humbled himself, himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus is our vision. His obedience is our vision. There was nothing, nothing that He held back from the Father. And that is, that's the direction that, we're, that He's taking us for nothing to be held back in our lives. And so let's set our eyes to Him and uh, follow His example this week. Uh, John 3, uh, 36 uh, says, Anyone who believes in the Son will see eternal life. But anyone who does not obey the Son will not see life for the wrath of God remains on Him. And so that's our vision. That's our our objective. That is our call this week is to follow who Jesus is, to set our eyes to Him and obey Him. So God bless you as you do that this week. I wanna remind you about those uh, the letter, letters to the persecuted church. Why don't we be a part of that tonight? And you can sponsor a hamper tonight as well for our Thanksgiving Sunday. Don't forget food, the Connections Lounge as well. But God bless you this week. Have a great week.